Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Michael Tobe is a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, a contributor to the National Post and the Washington Times, and was a speechwriter to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. And uh, Michael joins us bi-weekly on this program to talk about a number of issues. And uh, Michael, before we talk about the Premier of Ontario, great to have you with us and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Why don't we just, uh, because you've expressed thoughts and, and, and views on Mr. Biden, but on something other than January the 6th. Talk to us about that, please. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, obviously, January the 6th is on a lot of people's minds, or was, and obviously people were looking at that. But I think when it comes to Joe Biden, one of the there's two issues that are sort of going on. But one of the bigger ones recently was something that was actually written in the Washington Post just a few days ago by one of their reporters, which was somewhat critical, or at least interviewed people who were somewhat critical of Mr. Biden going to quite a large number of funerals of either political colleagues, associates, friends, etc. And it was actually very puzzling, Roy, because there are many things to criticize Joe Biden about his presidency. Lord knows I found quite a few of them. This is not one of them. You know, you have to look at a number of things in turn. Number one, is this really the biggest issue that we're facing or that the United States is facing? Number two, you go to funerals to honor people who, you know, were part of your family, who you respect, who you cared about, who you loved. This is not something to be criticized one way or the other. It's something to be respected due to the fact that Mr. Biden actually wants to go to as many funerals as he can to honor these people, his friends, his family, etc., and in some cases, he went to go to the funerals of political rivals. He's gone to a number of Republican funerals, including John McCain's, as we know he spoke at. This is something that matters to him, and that should be respected overall. And thirdly, we have to also be realistic about it, Roy. Joe Biden is 79 years old, so many of the people that he knows and many of the people that he associated with and worked with are, you know, to put it delicately, at an age where this sort of occur, you know, announcement, these sorts of moments are going to happen more frequently. I just think of all the things to attack Joe Biden on, it's pretty easy to go after his political ideas, his economic policy, his foreign policy stances, etc. Et this is not one of them. No. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, and I'm no Biden fan, um, but... but at times, Michael, and maybe this is just a byproduct of social media, but at times I've taken note of someone's passing on Twitter, and then I've received emails challenging me on that. Why did you give any sort of credence, credibility yeah. to that person? And I thought, please. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The give first your head time a you and I spoke on air, we talked about the passing of that fellow Mike Sloan, as you may remember. Yes, that's right. You know, so I really don't think there's anything wrong. And Mike Sloan obviously was not a household name, but he knew both of us, and he meant something to yes. us and many other people at that time. Yes. Um, I, I find it it's almost facetious that we actually have to have a discussion like this. If a national leader wants to go to honor his or her friends, colleagues, etc., there should never be anything critical about it. And I don't know why the Washington Post wasted space to even tackle something like yeah. this. Yeah, and I do remember Mike Sloan, and uh, he so do was, I. Yeah, he was quite an uh, amazing individual in London, Ontario. As he, he, he wrote regularly, tweeted regularly about his battles, his health battles, and 
Yeah. Right. Okay. So now you also wrote a, um, a piece in the National Post. It's easy to be critical of our Premier Ford. I, I'm going to step aside and uh, and, and listen because okay. well, I have a lot to say. <laughs> yes, and so did many of my colleagues at the National Post, quite frankly. <laughs> that is probably <laughs> the reason why they actually allowed me to do this. But, you know, in fairness, Roy, and I'm not going to obviously go through every single word, phrase, and, and paragraph that's in the piece, um, the, the rationale was such. There has certainly been a lot of mistakes that Doug Ford and many other premiers and our prime minister have made during COVID-19. And with Mr. Ford, obviously the frustration built to the point that, you know, after standing and saying for a long period of time that the province would not experience another lockdown or anything close to it or whatever term or phrase you want to use to describe it. And he had also had, through his education minister, Stephen Lecce, you know, announced a two-day delay of the reopening of schools in the province from January 3rd to January 5th, it seemed like most things were under control, even if, obviously, the case count of COVID-19 was going up and quite rapidly due to the Omicron variant. However, when he didn't about face the last minute, which is something that obviously we've experienced with the Doug Ford government before, this is not, this is not our first time at the dance, so to speak, It just got a lot of people very frustrated, and obviously a lot of individuals were angry, a lot of families were angry, a lot of parents were angry, and understandably so. I wasn't wasn't pleased with it either. I was like many others. I couldn't believe that they had actually gone this route again. At the same time, though, the point of my column was just simply to state that it's easy for us to come out and criticize a leader for doing things like this. Doug Ford is not the first premier of this province to do an about-face at the last minute. He's not the first politician in this country to do an about-face. He's not the first politician in the world to do an about-face. He's unfortunately one of many. doesn't justify it, but it's not the first time we've ever seen this. Plus, I think it's also fair to say that Doug Ford and his government probably were going to stand pretty strong with their policy until we saw that the case count the Omicron variant went above 10,000 daily cases around December 29th of last year. I think that may have led to a sudden shuffling of ideas, policies, positions, and they moved in a different direction. Again, it doesn't justify doing it the last minute, and I would certainly not encourage the Ford government to continue this, but you can sort of understand why it basically happened. And I think, and very quickly, the other thing is, it's always nice that political opponents come out and say, oh, my leader would have done differently, or a previous leader would have handled this completely separately from Mr. Ford, you know, Mr. Kenny in Alberta, Mr. Moe in Saskatchewan, Mr. Mr. Horgan in B.C., etc., etc. But that's easier said than done. They would have all made similar mistakes, Roy, and possibly, in many cases, even worse ones. And my issue uh, with with Doug Ford is he used to be on my program on a regular basis and uh, we, we talked about any number of things before he became the premier, actually before he became the leader of the party. And as soon okay. as he became the leader of the party, he disappeared. And when he became premier, they locked the door and put up the electric fence. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm very surprised. And I, the only thing I can say is I think Mr. Ford's handlers are terrified. I might ask him a question he doesn't want to answer. And that's the that's my that's my and Doug, if you're listening, Premier, if you're listening, prove me wrong. 
There are lots <laughs> of things that we should be talking about, and you should be on this program. And if you want a forum, I think I think my good friend Michael Tobe has done a really good job of of, of explaining um, his position on this. Premier, come back on the show and talk to the people of the province, the people of the country. That's what you need to do. Anyway. I heard. Yep. I encourage that, too. So we have about two minutes, and you and I, we found out that we're both Dallas Cowboys fans. We are. <laughs> Which is nice. I sometimes yeah. find, you know, it's interesting. I found it with other radio hosts over the years and even one TV host. It's fascinating how many of us there are. Well, and, and but there's so many Cowboys haters, too. I and, know. You know, when the one last night... I started to get emails from a couple of friends who are Cowboys haters, and they were all complaining. You know what they were complaining about? That the Cowboys mm. ran up the score. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm telling you. But I, honestly now, uh, yeah. not that you would be dishonest, but yeah. how far do you think this particular uh, Cowboys team, this iteration of Cowboys, is going to go in the playoffs. What what do you think is logically acceptable? If that's a word. That's a really good question. And I think we have to be realistic to say that until the playoffs picture is completely there, we can't really say. I guess it would, it, I would look at it this way. One of our possible first-round opponents is the Arizona Cardinals, who, as you know, we lost to a couple weeks ago in a very tight game, 25-22. Um that's a bit of a concern, but if we end up playing, say, the San Francisco Giants, uh, 49ers or someone of that nature, we would have a better shot at it just because we match up a lot better. I think the real problem is, and you and I talked about this off-air, is that there's been different iterations of the Dallas Cowboys this season. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, when they have a really good victory or a great performance, like Dak Prescott, you know, in his five TDs, he's broken the single-season record for Dallas, you know, you know, a triumphant finish to the yeah, season. Yeah, but you never know what you're going to get from Dak. I know. Game to game. Is that you Dallas just never know. Falls, no, and Dallas always falls up a big win this season, generally speaking, with a mediocre performance, and yeah. that's what concerns me. So how far can they go? I think about as far as the NFC Championship, I, I'm hoping, but I don't know if anybody's going to beat Green Bay in the NFC. To be okay, quite so here, here, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you really quickly, and then I'm going to go. I I would not be surprised if it's one and out. Yeah, it could be. If it's Arizona, it's one and out. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.